to another hotshot. My name is Peter Pilgrim, platform engineer, DevOps specialist, and Java champion and independent contractor. As you know, Java 9 introduced the module system or a module system for the entire JDK. And you are probably thinking about or are migrating your services to JDK 10 and beyond. My general advice to business, the sooner you migrate, uh, the better your technical debt will be. It will be easier to stay up to date with changes when Java 11 is released in September 2018. At this time of writing or recording, I recommend that it's far easier to migrate software architectures that are written as strict microservice over legacy monolithic systems. Why is this so? Microservices can be adapted and changed one by one or define groups of work and functionality. For this to work, however, your microservices must be independent of each other, which is why I mean strict, and rely on a communication protocol. I don't care what it is. It could be REST, XML, over SOAP, over HTTP, or it could be something else. The biggest impediment to migration are tools, stat dependencies, and educational know-how. So let's unpack each of these for a little bit. Tools. All of the major IDEs, integration development environments, now have support for Java 10. The major ones being Apache NetBeans, Eclipse, and IntelliJ. Even IntelliJ 2017 release dot three has Java 10 support. So there shouldn't be an issue at compiling basic Java programs. However, most of us professionals tend to rely on certain build tools, which are Gradle and Apache Maven. And if you use Maven, you need to ch- make sure that you g- change the compiler plugin to version 3.7.0 or better. The Gradle delivery team has a handy guide that explains how to add manual support to an example project. Uh, be aware that the current Gradle release of um, oh, 4.6.0 there has been a 4.7 release and at the time time of this podcast does not have first class support so gradle does not support uh, modules yet and in my opinion gradle requires a some faffing around to get java 9 support you can find, and the Gradle team have a handy guide called Building Java 9 Modules, which has all the gory details and well worth pursuing and reading if you want to really get Java 9, Java 10, and Java 11 support into your team bill right now. Stack dependencies, the biggest impediment are dependencies of libraries, open source frameworks, and application containers. And and open source, if it's open source, then probably Java 9 support is 
incoming and pending, expected very soon. Many, many professional teams uh, rely on frameworks such as Hibernate, the venerable Spring Framework, Spring Boot, and other parts of Java EE. Oops, I shouldn't have said Java EE. It's actually Jakarta EE. And again, too soon to give an, a valid opinion. Worst of all is to, uh, to actually make sure that your servlet containers, uh, because most or every single engineering team that I've ever worked with, either in, a pl in employed fashion or contract fashion, uh, has a dependency on some version of Apache Tomcat. 10. Uh, of course, make sure that your servlet container or application container, be it Pariah or Wildfly, uh, actually can execute on a Java 10 uh, runtime environment. Um, you, you have to actually try executing it to make sure. And... It should execute in the vanilla state, which means uh, clean without having any deployed war files. You should be able to bring up Tomcat uh, with no problem at all. And what I did say that Pivotal, and I saw this in the release notes for Spring Boot 2, that there is anecdotal support for OpenJDK 9 in their release for Spring Boot. So you might be lucky there and get it working with Java 10. Uh, again, this is the bleeding edge. I'm sure with four months to go and to Java 1, Java 1, Oh, Java 1 is no more. It's, I'm just reading an email here that uh, Java 1 has been rebranded to Oracle Code 1. And you probably heard it here first, guys. Finally, the knowledge of the Java module system is going to help. The more educated you are, the better your migration experiences will be. Because even... Eventually, all of the most important frameworks and famous libraries out there will be modularized. It's not a question of if, it will be, a, it is a question of when. Uh, so engineers have to uh, no doubt learn these uh, or get into bed with these concepts. The first one is split packages so every module in java 9 java 10 uh, if you're going to use the module system must contain unique packages so i repeat again every module must have unique package names in the module system many jars out there in the open source and commercial entity have split packages. That is, the same package appears in one 
not just one, but two or more jars, which is impossible. So there's going to be some work uh, for commercial vendors and, of course, yourselves. If you have legacy, uh, you will have legacy code. We factor in and we architect in the modules that you own. The third-party vendors and the library teams are responsible for their own software. So they'll eventually do yours. You just make sure you clean up your technical date, which you are responsible responsible for of course automatic modules this concept is about java 9 automatically exporting a jar from the class path as a module and this is to aid migration really uh eventually uh open source frameworks the popular ones will, will be modularized on name modules, this is the concept of loading a class outside of the module system, but from the class path, a class which is not a member of a named module is considered to be a member of a special module known as the unnamed module. Service discovery. The service API in JDK, JDK 9 was improved to improve load to load classes across modules and and this has been enhanced since Java 9. Open modules. This is a concept that allows the modules to be inspected during runtime. Provision modules. This is a concept that defines transit dependencies between modules and is related to open modules. So if you have a dependency injection framework like Spring, you want to definitely uh, declare which modules transitively use another module. Ah, uh, you don't get it? You'll get it. Modularize resources. This is the concept that now you used to be able to load resources globally wherever they were on the cloth path and now in a modularized JVM. Module resources are protected from each other so if you want to a to load a resource from another module then you must explicitly provision that in the module info.java file module class path hell or rather module path and class path hell unfortunately java 10 is going to be the bane of many a library writer and coder who have the unenviable um, responsibility to test their code on Java 8, non-modular applications, as well as Java 10, Java 11, modularized applications. And I believe fellow Java champion Stephen Colburn wrote a blog about this. This is the biggest frustration for library writers. But hey, that's library writers for you, like Spring Framework and any other open source vendor. So that's their responsibility. As I said before, it's your responsibility to look after your own technical debt. So my first recommendation is to find those split packages in across those jars in 
those state that they're not yet modularized because the sooner you figure out how to uh, solve or fix those split packages, the easier the migration path is going to be. And I actually wrote a piece of shell scripts and Python to help me figure out which Java packages are being repeated. And, and it outputted a general report. But that's by the by. Enjoy this one. I hope you have. Enjoy the ride. That's it. This is a Pilgrim Engineering Architecture Technology production. You can copy the data, the media, and the code, but you must always attribute the source. You can follow us on Twitter at Peter underscore Pilgrim, or go to the website zenonic.co.uk. Shares, likes, comments, feedback, always appreciated. Enjoy your day. Make it a good one. Bye for now.